High expectations! Hey dogs, what are we talking about today? When you break out with somebody in the modern world, I think it's a lot easier to obsess because we have access to lots of social media accounts. And that's been affecting me really negatively recently. So I went kind of on a journey and educated myself about why that's so negative for my psyche and like tried to set up steps to really move away from looking up social media of my ex, recent ex. She probably acknowledged that my recent ex was our former co-host, so. Yeah. Is that something I can acknowledge? Yeah, I mean, we can, we should, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, as an explanation, I'm not going to get into it too much. I don't, I want to respect both of our privacy. Sees, sees, sees. Privacy sees. Privacies. <laughs> Privacies. But I will say that, yeah, we have broken up and I got high expectations in the divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Fuck. Got the alimony, yeah. got high expectations. It's just shit. She got the house, she got yeah. the car. Um, so it's just, yeah, just okay. us. But I think you guys are used to just us anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's some great content with the three of us. If you go less, then. I, I won't be. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. would be really cool, actually, to listen back. But yeah, like, watching somebody else move on through... Oh, social media is such a beast in general, because you only see iceberg of people's lives. You only see, like, a little glimmer of their lives. And it's always, like, the really the shiniest stuff. It's not the, I'm lonely, I'm desperate, I'm, I'm sad. I got that from this book called um, The Ego is the Enemy. Social media basically just presents to the world the person you wish you were, I think. Yeah. When you go through a breakup, the person you want the world to see and your ex to see is, I'm happy and I'm already moved on and I don't even need you. And that has been hard to watch. And I kind of took myself down these negative spirals for the amount of stuff that I could access. And it has been really negative for me. So, And I think this is something that affects a lot of people, though. So I think that's why it was important for me to talk about it, that we all have so much, too much access to our ex's lives. And the more they are on your mind and the more that you can access what they're doing and the less space you take, this is rule of thumb. If you're trying to get over somebody, even if you have a positive relationship post-breakup, even if you say you're friends, you need to take a lot of space before you can really have strong foundations as friends and not romantic partners anymore and we've mentioned that in a previous episode relation tips i believe it is yeah and we recommended that if you have a major breakup and you want to be friends take a year off each other yeah no contact for a year yeah come back for a new perspective and i definitely believe that i actually um so i've gone on this big journey and i've read a lot of articles about breakups and gone to videos and there's a lot of breakup coaches online which is interesting <laughs> and just people sharing their experiences of their breakups and how they dealt with it in a healthy way because they wanted to come from a healthier place and I feel like I'm getting there although I'm not perfect and I don't think anyone is perfect you always get that thing at the back of your head where you think if I go to their local haunts I'll probably see them or what if I went to the same party as them and we bumped into each other I think my emotional brain is saying to me oh we should arrange places where we can meet but to be honest not seeing them not going to 
places where you know they'll be is the best thing you can possibly do, especially if you're especially heartbroken mm-hmm. and it's yeah. very raw. But I think, you know, it doesn't matter if you avoid all those places physically because it's quite awkward anyway bumping to them in real life. And on the internet, you can basically drive yourself crazy with obsession. Sure Unhealthy yeah. obsession. So I'll just get right into it. The first thing you have to do, if everybody said this to me, was block, 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 defriend, unfollow, cut it out. Yep. And not because you want to hurt the other person, not because you want to push them away, but because it's too hard. And you need to find, yeah, you need to find a place that's kind of just yours and be like, oh, these are my friends and this is my world without you in it for now. And actually kind of reacquaint yourself with your world without them because when you're in a relationship, so much of your life becomes them. Sure, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. So that's the first thing you have to do, really. And that was hard because for everything I had to ask myself, am I friends with this person because I want to legitimately be friends with this person? Or is it because that person is still friends with CDX? And do I just go on their Facebook page a lot because I'm interested in them? No, I'm not particularly interested in them. Probably trying to sleuth. And so I defriended people that were even associated with my ex-girlfriend, Kathy, because I wanted that emotional distance And that's really helped. And I explained to some people that I actually liked, like, hey, look, I can't be friends with you right now. Maybe someday in the future, if you actually care, um, we can be friends. But for now, Mm. I need to walk away. And you don't even need to do that either if you don't feel comfortable doing that. You're completely within your right to just walk away, defriend anyone you don't want to be friends with. That's right. So, yeah, that's the first thing. And I found, like, so many other tips that really helped. But mainly, it's kind of the... What happens is that you see something and then it sets off in your brain like, oh my god, they're happy, I wasn't good enough. And also the first thing you need you need to stop is telling yourself you're not good enough in your head just because you see something without context on Facebook or Twitter or, or anything because in a right state of mind you could be like, I don't know, their life's not that great. No one's life is ideal. Yeah. And what if they are happy without me? How does that help me when I'm unhappy? Seeing that stuff, it doesn't help. So number one thing I tell myself if I get tempted is either you're going to see something that's going to hurt, and by God does it hurt, or you're going to see something you don't care about. And so much of social media is stuff people don't care about. Like, I had a Coke today. No one cares (laughs) he had a Coke. To quote Easy A. You know? And you see those things. It's like, I got my hair cut. Looking good. It's like... You do not care for your haircut, you know? That's right. Because you're not there to, like, find out about their fucking haircut. You're there to find out, have they moved on already? Are they happy without me? Are they doing better? And then when you mm. find that stuff out, which you inevitably do, it's like a knife to your heart. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that is my mantra. And if that helps anyone else out there, just tell yourself, I'm only going to, I found this from an Elite Daily article. I'm only going to find something that hurts me or something I don't care about. Both things aren't things you want to see. There's nothing else good for you there. There's nothing good for you there. It's a good call. Yeah. So kind of on my journey, I found this (laughs) heartbreak coach called Donna Barnes. And she has all these videos about like how to get over your ex. 
and they're very real talky. I kind of felt like she was talking to me specifically. And she said a lot of things to me that changed the way that I saw it because when you're in a relationship with somebody, you develop this sense of entitlement over them. And it's both kind of unfair because you're not entitled to somebody else's time. And I think in relationships, there's a tendency to do that, which is unhealthy. But at the same time, you should have a sense of entitlement in a way because they should be texting you back. They should be meeting you halfway. They should be as enthused about you as you are about them. So there should be some healthy entitlement there. But when you break up, that's gone. That's the hardest bit to accept. All of that is gone. They owe you nothing. Right. Like, yeah, no, they can't stand outside your window and yell at you or burn your stuff or do any of that horrible, break your phone. I've heard about some horrible things that exes do to each other because when you're in that emotional state of mind, there's no boundaries anymore. Hence why taking space is so important. Yeah. But, you know, they don't owe you anything. So... Yeah, and you hear about the most horrible things that are so hurtful. They can get engaged. They can get married. They can move on immediately. They can have a kid with somebody else, you know? They can do all of those things and more. They can move overseas. They owe you nothing. And you've got to accept that from planning a life together to suddenly, oh, this is all gone. All of the plans are gone. And so indulging that social media, seeing their plans actually play out without you in their life is so painful and I had to change my mind around that because like for me or do you disagree no okay (laughs) um because for me I used to think oh being on social media I have the entitlement to this information I can see this information and it's fine it's not real it's just on the internet but it's all real in its own way it manifests in your head, it sticks with you in a way that maybe even seeing them do it in real life wouldn't stick with you as much. Because you can check it again and again and again. Right. I honestly think that checking up on social media has been a way of abusing myself. And that might sound too harsh, but the pain and the anxiety that's brought on from looking at that kind of stuff is actual pain. <laughs> actually yeah. manifests as physical pain in my body. Yeah, it's very emotionally hard it is yeah so donna barnes changed the way that i thought about it just circling back the heartbreak coach because she said what your ex does is none of your business and when you stop thinking about your ex you stop loving them and she says i know that sounds too simple but it's really that simple your your emotional brain is obsessing about your ex because it's terrified you're going to forget them you should be forgetting them And your brain does that very quickly and you'll notice it because you'll try to think back and obsess over moments you had with your ex and they'll feel really far away. It's because your brain's protecting you. And the more you revisit things, it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. Those things aren't, they're not vivid, they're not real anymore. And your brain shuts it off in a way and protects you from, imagine if you could reimagine something with an ex-lover and it felt as real as it was in that moment. I don't know about everyone else, but from my experience, it always doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel real anymore. Yeah, I agree. So I think you. Mm. I think that's your brain protecting you from the true emotional intensity of having something that intimate and close, and then suddenly not having it anymore because you've got to find a way to move on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's a simple concept: out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, out of mind, out of love. Yeah, put on a t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't need to be looking at the social media. I don't need to be obsessing about what that person's doing because 
they're not a stranger, but they might as well be, you know? Yeah. Well, they should kind of be for a while, like a stranger, like somebody you don't really know that well. And that's really hard to go from knowing somebody super well to not knowing what they're doing at all. Yeah, it's amazing how when like a friend has left your life or a lover or something and then you, you do see their name like a long time later, like in like a list of names and it's this familiarity, but it's kind of like a dream. Yeah. That name used to resonate with me so much. And now it's just a collection of letters. But I know it was important once, but I can't quite get there in my mind. Yeah. That's another really important tip, actually, when you're still kind of in the thick of it. And even just their name makes kind of brings it all back. Yeah. Change their name on your phone to something else. Just anything else. It could be like, I thought, oh, it could be kind of funny if it was a joke. So if they do text you, which they probably won't, but even if you see, like, I don't know, an old email from them or something... It could be like, what did the scarecrow get a Nobel Prize for? He was up standing in his field, you know? And every time you see it, you'll be like, oh, that's a funny joke. And like, and, and you just, it's always a message that I'm looking after myself. Yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good idea. Rather than like, this person's an asshole, don't reply. Yeah. Make it a happy event. <laughs> it also can be kind of funny to be like, this person's an asshole, don't reply. Yeah. I get like a bit of like a dopamine hit when I'm like really into someone and I see their name. Like, available on, like, a buddy list or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that name. Oh, it's got a green light next to it. Yeah. That's cool. They're available. Now I can chat. And then once they're out of your life, if they're still hanging around, you see this name and it's just like a, a stubbed toe on the side of your screen. It is. It I is. What... I couldn't even figure out how to get rid of it yeah. as well. But then, like, one day it was gone and I just was like, oh. Like, it's sad and it's yeah. hard. But it's such a relief to be like, I'm, I've escaped from the bad feelings. If you're on Facebook and you you don't want to defriend someone, but you don't want to see them on the side of your screen, bring up their chat window, go to the cog and choose turn off chat for this person. Oh, is that how you get rid of it? you won't see them on the sidebar. I didn't know how to do it. I should have asked you. <laughs> it was so awful for the time. I just had to deal with it. You're such a good tip. Do that tip. <laughs> yeah, do that tip. Even if you don't hate the person, as long as you can like, curate a really good sidebar of the really important people. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I also found these other videos that I just like binge watched about, it was Love Advice TV, I think it was called. It was on YouTube. And it was these two people, they call themselves breakup coaches as well. And they (laughs) answer a bunch of questions like, will my ex ever change? Or like, what should I do when I see my ex? And that was really helpful actually, because I live a little bit in fear of that. Yeah, just because it's gonna could be awkward or it could be incredibly painful for me for reasons I won't get into. I was playing it over in my head to be like, what would I do if it happened or what would I do? You know, as you do with anxieties. Yeah. In my head, I was like, I'll show them I'm really sad. I'll show them on my face how much they hurt me. But then I was like, actually, no, this video has taught me that I shouldn't be showing them that they hurt me. I should actually be holding my head high and smiling and giving them a wave. And even if I just have to remove myself from the situation, it's all good. Like, yeah. just be civil. Just be friendly. Just be kind. Because that person deserves your kindness. Yeah, and I think it's important not to be known as, like, that cliche psycho ex. Yeah. If you can be, and like, you, a you owe it to yourself human. as well. That's yeah. another thing I'm thinking, like, when I keep saying that I actually feel like it's abusive to look up things that are painful and you're looking it up because you want to give yourself pain... It's actually a real gift to yourself to not 
let your body and mind experience that pain. It is a gift. So getting through a breakup well is caring for yourself and actually putting yourself first. And I think during a breakup, your self-esteem plummets. I know mine has. Mm. So I just have to keep telling myself, like, no, you are worthy. And you do have great friends. You do have great family. And just when you thought you were completely alone, everyone surrounded themselves around you. And now you can't escape anyone. (laughs) Like, every day this week, I have somebody coming around, somebody to hang out with. I have a puppy now. I have a roommate now. Yeah. Now you're like, give me some space. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, I don't need to ever worry. I'm not going to be alone. I'm not going to be lonely. I shouldn't fear loneliness. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be all right. (laughs) Everything's okay. Everything's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's important to point out, eh, like, what you're seeing after the breakup online is their best face. Because there's kind of like three types of people online on social media. These are everything's great about my life. The perfect selfie, the perfect this, only the good things. No, it's not me. Okay, right. what are the other ones? Well, there's the everything shit person. They just complain. Facebook. Anything wrong in their day is going on social media, and they just like they live a miserable existence. There's <laughs> never anything good. <laughs> yeah. So social media is where they go to moan, and then there's the more mundane person <laughs> who thinks you care about whatever it is that they're doing throughout the day, and they just want to like update the world. With what they're doing, either because they just want some kind of validation, or because they think it's interesting, or they want to look back later on and see what their life was like. Yeah. After a breakup, most people try to do the everything's amazing, everything's highly curated because you want to send that message to your ex, right? I'm totally fine without you. Everything's sweet. It's not me post breakup, eh? That hasn't. No, it hasn't. I've been like, I've been kind of like, I'm fucking miserable everywhere. <laughs> Look at how fucking miserable I am. How can people exist with so much pain and suffering? That's been me on social media. But with jokes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, think- <laughs> I put this thing up because there's one of my favorite YouTube videos is Jurassic World dinosaurs. But instead of like, you know, like, make- what is that? Wow. Making like pterodactyl noises. Make a pterodactyl noise. <laughs> okay. They're just going, yes. So they open up their mouths and they're going, yes, yes, yes. And so I put up a tweet and I said, this is what I'm going to be like after I get through this breakup grief. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I just taking the piss out of myself and the situation and really being out there about it and really loud about it, which not everyone approved of. But that's how I'm dealing with it. And that's who I am. You have to be true to yourself. You do. And my point was that because... After you break up, most people, not everyone, will do the whole everything's great thing. Or the everything's shit thing, give me sympathy. I think I did the everything's shit kind of thing. <laughs> but because you're doing your best foot forward, what the other person is seeing, they think, oh shit, we broke up and everything's great for them. That's so horrible. Yeah. Aren't they sad? Yes, they're sad. Yes, that's it. Yeah. But they're not showing that to you or the world. And so you get confused thinking... How are they not upset? I'm miserable. They're so happy. But once the selfie camera's turned around, they're sad. Oh, that's so bleak. I can see that in my mind. Like, they're smiling to the selfie, and then they turn the phone away, and they're like, whoa. Not crying face emoji, just crying face. I hope they see that picture. Not laughing crying face emoji, just crying face emoji. Yeah, the one with, like, all the tears are streaming now. I love that one. Yeah, (laughs) I use that one so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... 
My favourite TV show got cancelled. Literally, my favourite TV show got cancelled and I did sob, like the crying <laughs> face emoji. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, so you're totally right. That's That was it. That's like hitting the nail on the head that point. Yeah. You, you convince yourself so easily that they're happy and that drove me crazy. And I did kind of a little... I, I don't think I got to Psycho X, but I definitely got like real angry raw. Yeah. Maybe I'm a Psycho X. I don't know. You'd have to ask my ex. <laughs> and I'm not gonna because <laughs> we're taking space I don't think I got psycho X, but I definitely did some stuff I regret and I've been saying that to my friends and they've just said everyone does stuff they regret when they're in an emotional space like yeah hindsight it comes after you've done all those things but that's what those videos taught me like if you just do a breakup with grace if you really just recognize that they're a person and you're a person and everybody deserves to carry on their lives not disrupted and then at the end of the day like I still love Kathy and I want her to do well in life and I want her to be looked after and I can't be that person anymore so I think that's a really good attitude it's hard to come forward about it because part of you is kind of like that's not a good thing but I don't know if I would have gotten through this breakup if I didn't mm. watch um, people's personal stories about their own breakups or their own heartbreak, especially famous YouTubers like Gabby. Gabby Dunn from Just Between Us. Just Between Us. And Ingrid Nielsen, she's like this makeup artist that recently came out as gay. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, and she had a big, like, big time romance with Hannah Hart and they broke up. Because they're both famous YouTubers. (laughs) And they broke up and she was like, I was literally on the floor crying. I couldn't be consoled. I just couldn't deal with it for a long time. And that's why I've been so quiet about it. And just to hear other people say, I couldn't function. I was so sad. I, yeah, I'm saying, I couldn't function. I was Mm. so sad. I felt pain, which is more painful than anything I've ever felt in my entire life. And I don't know, I just, I feel like there's so many other people out there that feel the way that I do. This is real grief. This is really legitimate. And I should be able to talk about that. You should. Because I'm not doing it out of any malicious intent. I'm doing it because these are my real feelings. Yeah. And that's something that we've preached on this show a few times. Communicate your feelings out. Tell your friends how you're feeling. Tell your friends your anxieties. Yeah. And then they know what's up with you. Yeah. And they can deal with you in the appropriate way. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, sometimes people just lash out at each other and you're like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah. And then there's so much beneath that. Yeah. And also, breakups affect more than just the people in the relationship. Yeah. They affect friends. Like, I don't have Kathy in my life like I did. That just happens one day. It's like, by the way, Kathy's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where's my friend? Yeah. That you know? I just want to say though, Kathy can be friends with anyone she wants to be friends with. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> just don't want to make myself look bad. I'm not like you can't be friends with my <laughs> friends. But this is just how it works out after a breakup. People go to kind of the line is drawn, and people go to different sides. I've been here before, and then you kind okay. of like realize who your real friends are when that happens. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, it's hard because some people you're like, ah, oh, I thought we were friends. But actually, we're not. And people you put a lot of trust in. That's been very, very hard too. You're right. Like, breakups don't just affect the people involved. It affects friendships around that and around that. Mm. And that's been really hard for me to realise that there are people on my side of it that's like, oh, yeah, I understand where Ellen's coming from. Ellen's going through such a hard time. I'm going to support her. But unfortunately, there's the flip side of that where I have to experience, oh, 
Alan broke Kathy's heart, you know? And those people yeah. don't, don't worry so much about my heartbreak at all. No. And that's just something I have to accept. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to be on your side when you go through a breakup. It doesn't matter how good a person you were, how hard you worked, how mm-hmm. hard you're continuing to work to hold it to fucking hold it to fucking together. Yeah. And people aren't going to come to your beck and call when you reach out to them because there were some people that I reached out to and I said, look, I'm in a bad place and I know that you can kind of bridge that gap. Can you talk to me? And I don't want a bar of it. Yeah, that's hard. It is hard. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, but there's other people who are involved as well who are, quote, on your side. They're hurting in their own ways as well and you can all kind of grieve together and not feel alone. Yeah. <laughs> are and they getting too negative get together, there? Get together for a, a beverage or something, even a cup of tea and talk things out, talk out your feelings. I hope I wasn't getting too Moan negative. about the moaning things, laugh about the funny things. <laughs> Just kind of realise that there's life out there. Really? It's hard. I, I have felt for some time like there isn't life beyond it. And of course there is, and that's silly, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I think what you're saying, how you're really wishing her well, it's really valuable and really great. I first encountered that kind of sentiment when I was with my now ex-girlfriend. We were having dinner with her and her dad. Her parents were separated. Her dad was like, oh, how's you know, the mother, us after the mother... And she'd had some kind of great thing happen in her life. And he was so happy for her. He was like, yay, go, 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 it's so great. That was my first real exposure to, like, a real-life kind of separated parent. Because normally on, like, movies and TV, they kind of, like, low-key hate each other all the time. And and I was just like, wow, that's really refreshing that he really supports this, like, ex-wife. Yeah. Even though she's with someone new, like, it's all good. He's really happy for her. And I took that on board. And I said, that's how I want to be. Wherever possible, I'm going to try to be supportive of my exes. In time. It can take time. It, it does, yeah. But you get there. I mean, as I've told Alan, things change. Last year, I went and hung out with my ex-girlfriend's family overseas. Yeah. And then we shared a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, fun. Yeah, exactly. I just had a text from my ex-boyfriend before, and he was like, oh, I'm just going skiing this weekend but I'll come around on Sunday and annoy you so it's just like we're just buddies you know yeah and like not not best friends but like I just know we can spend ages apart and we will meet up again at some point and we'll pick up where we left off yeah and that's a beautiful friendship you know and we really do know each other and that's cool and we have memories together and actually I'm like awesome like you're in my life still you know we went right for each other but you're still in my life and Maybe there'll be a day when me and Kathy can do that. I don't know. I think there will be. I like to think so too, but it takes two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. If anyone is suffering out there right now, it does get better. And then it gets really hard again. <laughs> and it just, like, it's okay to be sad. Yes. I think that's what I found really hard. Like, it's I've just been so sad, but I have to be sad right now. Yeah, and, and that's true. I have to wait this out, and I just want to continue on with my life, and I want to be like in the best possible place, but that's not realistic. No. Sometimes in life you go through rough patches, and you, uh, you know, at worst have to wait it out, or at best make the best of it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's okay to be sad. And once you acknowledge it to yourself, it is okay to be sad, and you can, you can move on. It's when you're trying to fight it that 
maybe get just stuck st- more. Stick around. You don't want to admit it to anybody that you're sad because everyone expects you to be over it by now. And that's what's really hard. I found like yeah. to begin with, everyone was like, "Of course it's horrible. Of course you feel sad." And they they said so many kind things. I got so much sympathy, like mm. outpouring of support. But like at the point that I am now, this is the really hard bit because like and then I was in shock. Yeah. So I could be like, oh, this is just a bad dream. I yeah. actually felt for a month or so like this is a bad dream. And now I'm like, nah, this is reality. Mm. You do, you can't have any connection with that person. And I think that the whole point of this episode was, you know, being quite obsessed with somebody <laughs> on social media who you shouldn't anymore. And it's dangerous for your psyche. But yeah, what was my point? <laughs> <laughs> my point was that, that, yeah, that's you desperately trying to hold on because you're grieving something that's gone yeah. and isn't there anymore. And breakups, half of the battle is, it's gone. <laughs> and whenever I go through a breakup, I'm always like, maybe, or maybe I made the wrong decision, or maybe we can get back together. Like, that's my breakup brain. It's always yeah. like that. And then I think from experience coming to the acceptance where you're like one I don't need to be with that person anymore and two I don't want to be with that person anymore yeah and I'm like maybe that's me in the future but I'm like so not even there and this is the bit where like I know where my close friends are (laughs) because they're the people who are listening to me still still talk about my feelings and how awful it is and how hard it is and it's only been a few months so yeah I think that's pretty normal it totally is so that's part of what can make people grieve longer is that they have this anxiety that no one will ever love them again. Yeah, I definitely and, got that. <laughs> and this very normal thing to get, because you think, well, I felt so lucky to get this one person, so how, how can I be that lucky again? Yeah. But love will come again, because it gets better, and people come into your life without you even expecting them, and suddenly they're there. Yeah, and also you don't need external people to validate you as a person and your existence and how great you are you know yeah like you need your buddies you need your friends you need your family you need your support circle but you don't need a romantic partner to tell you you're worthy that's very true yeah but you're right as well like you don't need to get caught in that mindset like oh that's over and that's the end of it yeah that's not how life works yeah but yeah no that's definitely what i've been experiencing mainly like just my self-esteem plummeting and really thinking like I, yeah, I was so lucky to get that person. Like, they were out of my league, you know? Yeah. Always thinking things like that. Like, oh, they were the amazing one and I'm not so amazing because you're not attracted to yourself. That would be weird. No one's a narcissist. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, you don't know how great you are. Everyone else knows. So listen to your friends. Talk to them. They'll tell you how great you are. And you're great. Thank you. So are you. Thank you for sharing your feelings. I think they will really help people. So. And I'm going to give you a hug. Oh, love you. Does anyone do snail mail anymore? Spoiler. No, they don't. <laughs> but we've got listener mail. Guess how we got it. That's right. The internet. <laughs> so we had a Radiohead episode. We did? Yeah. Was that it? Well, I was mostly, but you were there as well. <laughs> and we heard from the Tight Ends podcast. It's like a sports podcast for people who don't really like sports. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, it's quite funny. They said, my hubby and I went to an R&R weekend in Vancouver. 
It was R.E.M. one night and Radiohead the next night. Woohoo! Tom appeared on stage with R.E.M. and Michael Stipe appeared with Radiohead. It was amazing. Way back in 2003. Cool. That's when How to the Thief was out. Circa <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 2003. <laughs> yeah. The How to the Thief tour. And she also says, My musical obsession is Crowded House. Is that weird for a Canadian? Wanted to go to New Zealand ever since the song Mean to Me. She also loves Split Ends. Split Ends are a great band. Yeah. And to be honest, they spend a lot of their time in Melbourne, so it's kind of like, you know, they're an, they're an international band. But also a New Zealand band. But also hail from New Zealand. Like, Lord, we can, we can put out some good musicians. Hey, we also heard back from our friends at the Thirst podcast. They said one of us bloody loves Radiohead. So we're feeling extra pleased about this episode. And they also wrote in about our dick pics episode. Oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. They said, isn't this the best picture of Dick Van Dyke you've ever seen in your life? You guys, your mailbag song is delightful. And thank you for the shout out. Mutual accent appreciation. And some flag emojis. <laughs> Thanks, Thirst. So also on the dick pics episode, we heard from the Indoors Woman podcast. And they said, maybe I should read one out. Spent literally the whole episode trying to think of a snappy rhyming term for the female equivalent to a dick pic. And so, yeah. Your chat really experience crying face emoji, sad face emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And we also heard from Nicole C from Twitter. She said she loves listening to Hayek's podcast. Yay! Thanks, Nicole. Nicole. And we heard from Gus. Yay, Gus! Our biggest fan. He wrote to us about the Radiohead episode, and he says, This was a good one, and knowing this crew, it was no surprise. Oh, that's so good! Ah! Pottage! <laughs> it's a Radiohead pun, for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> She's one of those fans. <laughs> we got an email from Sandra, who says, I have been enjoying your podcast. Some of the topics I don't know much about, but it's your light humour, fun aspect, and friends bonding that come through for me. We probably did similar in our youth, but didn't have a medium to record it. Unless you count the telephone or cassette recorder. Ha <laughs> ha. I look forward to future subjects and topics. Kiss kiss. Yay, thanks Sandra. Thanks Sandra. <laughs> we also got an iTunes review from the It's About Damn Crime podcast. They're really funny. They talk about crime, but in a really, like, fun way. Mm. And they do these great episodes called Stranger Danger, where people write in about dangers from strangers. The last episode, number eight, I'm in, and it's really funny. I love my head. It was really funny. They said, you can read it. You ladies are funny and entertaining, just like you ladies. It's about damn crime, which is a great name, by the way. I always walk away from this podcast chuckling and feeling like I learned something new. Justine. Yay. Thanks, Justine. Justine. <laughs> and they also said in their episode that they really liked our Great Expectations episode because they didn't understand Great Expectations before, and now they do. They did watch the really shitty film version with Gwyneth Paltrow on it, which is kind of like, it's set in yeah. modern day, and it's oh, quite that's, artsy. That and sounds awful. It is awful, Yeah. There's like this weird bit that kind of recurs where he's drinking from a water fountain and then she like tries to kiss him while he drinks from the water fountain and I'm like, uh. oh, weird. And it recurs. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't good the first time. Let's do it again the second time. Anyway, 
And we also heard from Theme Park Films podcast from Carla, I believe. And she says, such a nice show with two lively ladies discussing all manner of topics. I particularly enjoyed them chatting about high fidelity and look forward to listening to many more. Give them a try. Yeah, just give us a try and then if you don't like it, then you won't be disappointed. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Meg. And Jen. And we're from the Indoors Women podcast. Thanks so much for listening to High Expectations. If you enjoyed this episode, and how could you not, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on one of their posts. You can find High Expectations on Facebook and Instagram at, you guessed it, High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can also subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. We're never, ever breaking up with high expectations. Join them on a date in your ears. That metaphor got away? Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to High Expectations. Thanks. Familiarity. Like a familiar... Familiar... It's like a familiarity. Yeah, fam- yeah, that Say word. it with me. Familiarity. Familiar- familiarity. <laughs> Fami- familiarity. Um, she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. Bye. Bye. Bye, baby.